Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It is question day, it's Q&A Tuesday, and so I have shuffled through my inbox and my DM box and pulled out some good questions for today. Today's questions, there's a couple about younger infants around that five-month mark, around that period where you're really trying to figure out your baby's schedule because they might be on three naps, they might be on four naps, we're trying to figure out wake windows. So a couple great questions about that and then a few questions about the 11-12 month mark. So if you have a baby who's not yet there or just about to enter that period, you're probably going to want to take a listen to this and find out more about that really tricky transitional period, which can be a little bit tough for some families. It doesn't have to be, and there are ways to work around it. But that one year mark is a big milestone for baby, and there can be some tricky scheduling situations there. So let's walk through those today. First question is about a five-month-old. And this mom DM'd me on Instagram and said, We're struggling with nighttime sleep for our five-month-old. She naps great three times a day, about four hours of total daytime sleep, but she's waking five-ish times overnight. Four of those I can replace the soother and the other one I feed her. I'm not sure if she's getting too much or not enough daytime sleep, or is she too reliant on her soother or is she teething? Certainly, it could be any one of those things. But as a sleep consultant and a sleep expert, my advice based on what this mom is telling me is that yes, this child is fairly reliant on her soother to fall asleep, and it is very likely what's causing those multiple nighttime wake-ups where the soother has to be replaced. This baby is five months old. She's napping three times a day. Awesome. I love for a five-month-old to be on a great three-nap schedule. And I would generally suggest that about three and a half to four hours total daytime sleep is great for a five-month-old. I actually wouldn't go over four hours of daytime sleep for a five-month-old because you might get into a situation where your child has too much daytime sleep if you go over about four hours for that age, but this child's doing four hours, so that's great. But this child has a soother has to go to sleep with the soother, is waking up multiple times at night for the soother, is only seeming to need one nighttime feed at this age. Most babies at this age can do one or even no nighttime feeds overnight. So if we're waking up around five, as this mom said, five-ish times per night at this age, assuming baby is a healthy weight, we can be very confident that there's something going on that's causing those wake-ups that isn't uh, like a newborn who needs to be fed multiple times overnight. So what I would say to this mom is it is very likely, it is most likely, in my opinion, that it's the soother that's causing the issue. A soother is so tricky, right? Because it's so, so helpful in that newborn stage when your baby is just really fussy and often inconsolable and the soother will help with that. Also, Health Canada and the American Academy of Pediatrics recommend use of a soother in those early months to reduce the risk of SIDS. 
But sometimes families come to me at this stage, like this mom has, and say, hey, now my baby's almost six months old and only seems to know how to go to sleep with the soother and can't sleep if the soother falls out and is up five times at night. So that's often a point where families decide to do some form of sleep coaching to remove the reliance on the soother and teach their baby a new way of going to sleep without the soother, independently, just using their own sleep skills. That is sleep coaching teaching your baby how to go into their crib awake and fall asleep using their own sleep skills instead of needing what we call a sleep prop, like a soother or rocking to sleep or bouncing to sleep in order to get to sleep. Once your baby can learn to go to sleep without the soother, they're also going to be able to go back to sleep without the soother. And you're going to see them just rustle and stir overnight and go right back to sleep and keep on sleeping and sleep through the night instead of waking up those five-ish times that this mom is talking about looking for that soother. At the Happy Sleep Company, we work with families one-on-one through a really guided, supported two-week program every day to be helping their babies be getting great sleep, not be reliant on those soothers and waking up five-ish times at night to grab that soother back again. So if you are struggling and looking for help, please don't hesitate to reach out. We do offer free 20-minute phone consultations so you can learn more about what the process looks like. So you can head to our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, schedule a free phone chat, learn more about our services, just walk through what a day and night are looking like for your child and how we can help. Next question was this, when it comes to increasing wake windows, should I start extending them by five minutes or so each day until I get to my goal? Or should I just do it all at once and jump to the next wake window? So first, let me explain a little bit what this mom is talking about when we're talking about wake windows and extending them. A wake window is the amount of time your baby can be awake before they need to be sleeping again, before they're going to get overtired. And if you follow us on Instagram at the Happy Sleep Company or you've been on the website, you've read all about my recommended wake window guidelines and when we increase wake windows, what age we increase wake windows at. You will notice that in the first six or seven months, we increase wake windows every couple of weeks and we usually increase them by about 15 minutes or so. So in answer to this mom's question, I generally recommend that you just bump straight up to the next wake window because 15 minutes isn't that huge of a jump. And if we only try to do it in five minute increments, we might not make a big enough difference. For example, if your baby is around four and a half months and you've been doing just under two hours, like an hour, 45 minutes of awake time leading up to their naps. And now you're at five months and you feel like, you know what? My baby really is not tired enough at an hour and 45 minutes. And I read you know, online that at five months, most babies can do two hours of awake time. So I'm going to increase that wake window. We're not going to just do an hour and 45 minutes anymore before nap time. We're going to keep baby awake for two full hours. So do we go from an hour 45 to two hours gradually, just going you know, five minutes every few days, or do we just jump from an hour 45 to two hours? I would just jump the full 15 minutes because if your baby wasn't looking tired anymore leading up to their nap times, if they were taking a long time to fall asleep and just babbling in their crib, they didn't have enough sleep pressure at that point. Now they're at the point where they do need more sleep pressure and five minutes probably isn't going to be quite enough. So I would just jump up to the next wake window. The big difference that we find and the exception to this rule is when your baby jumps from two naps to one nap, or I guess goes down from two naps to one nap. This normally happens or babies are normally ready for this when they are around 16 or 18 months of age. 
And when that happens, that's a really big jump. And I do recommend that parents do that one a little more gradually. It might take one to two weeks. So normally, if your 15-month-old has been taking two naps a day, the first one is happening around 9.30 in the morning. And now if your 16, 17-month-old is going to go to one nap a day, ultimately your goal is for that one nap to happen around the middle of the day, right around noon. So we don't just want to jump your baby from a 9.30 a.m. nap one day to all of a sudden the next day having to go all the way to noon without any sleep. That one I would do gradually. That one I would likely do 30 minutes more awake time and push that first nap 30 minutes later for a few days. So if you normally have your baby nap at 9.30 and we're trying to transition to one nap, I would now do a few days of a 10 o'clock nap instead. And then maybe we do 10.30 for a few days. And then maybe we do 11 for a few days and you see where I'm going with this. And then at some point we get to noon, the afternoon nap has disappeared because there's not time for it anymore. And now we've gotten that baby on a one nap schedule. So that one is one I would do gradually. But prior to that, when we are increasing wake windows for a four-month-old, a six-month-old, you know, we're really just bumping straight up to the next wake window because baby can generally handle it because those bump ups in wake windows are usually only around 15 to 30 minutes. Next question is where we get into our almost toddlers, our 11 and 12-month-olds. This mom asked me, she said, sleep has been going great, but now my 11-month-old is standing up in her crib after putting her down for naps and she's crying. I go in, I lie her back down, I walk out, but she gets right back up standing and crying and we just are doing this on repeat. Can you suggest the best approach to handle this? Standing in the crib is such a tough milestone for some families because things can just be going so smoothly and you think you've got it all in the bag and then your child learns to stand in their crib and they protest and you come back and lie them down and then they realize, oh, this is interesting. I didn't know this was something we could do if I stood up in my crib, that we could play this little game where you keep coming back and lying me down and I stand up again and you come back and lie me down. And unfortunately, that's really what it becomes is a little bit of a game. And so we do want to try to be consistent about how we respond so that we avoid it becoming a game. As long as your child can both stand up independently in the crib and sit back down independently in the crib, then my recommendation, if your baby hits this difficult or tricky milestone, is that of course you go in and offer your baby reassurance if they are upset, but you don't actually lie them down. If you know your baby can do it on their own, then they don't need you to lie them back down, but they do need some reassurance from you if they are upset. So this mom says that she is putting her baby down for a nap and leaving the room and checking back on her baby if she's upset and lying her down. So all of that sounds great to me, except for the last part, the lying down part. So what I would say to this mom, what I did say to this mom when I responded to her on Instagram is that I would certainly give your baby a little time, what you're comfortable with, maybe 10 minutes if you can, see if she'll settle herself. If she will not, then I would go back in the room very briefly. We want her to know you're there for her. We want to say some words. We want to give her some brief touch. Let her hear your voice. Let her feel that you're there and then leave again and do that leaving and checking back until she's asleep. What we don't want to do is go in and lie her down when we know she can do that on her own and then just create and then exacerbate this game that is happening. So you lie her down. She's like, huh, well, I could have done that on my own, but it's more fun if you keep coming back in and doing it. So I'm going to stand back up again and you'll come back in and let me down and I'm going to stand back up again. You see where I'm going with this. So 
reassurance, love, support, but let your baby do the sitting down on their own because it's a lot less interesting to them or enticing to them to keep standing up if you don't keep lying them down over and over. Next question is also about an 11 month old. Hello, my baby is 11 months old. He has started taking 20 to 30 minutes to fall asleep at nap time and sometimes totally refuses his second nap. Advice? I don't feel like he could handle only one nap every day just yet. I agree with you, mama. Your 11 month old very likely cannot handle just one nap per day. Say it with me. Most 11 month olds cannot handle just one nap every day. It's a tricky time because this is often a time when babies are doing some transitioning in their wake windows and they sometimes trick us into thinking at just 11, 12 months of age that they are ready to handle just one nap a day because they constantly refuse their second nap of the day. But most children do best with two naps a day until around 16 or 18 months. And before that, it's usually just some schedule tweaking that you need to do to that two nap schedule rather than just getting rid of one of those naps altogether. If you get rid of one of the naps altogether and your 11 month old only has one nap a day, we very often see a lot of overtiredness and sleep debt build up because that's a lot of awake time for an 11 month old to handle. So instead, what I would say to this mom is my guess is that your child doesn't have enough sleep pressure for their second nap, which is the one they are refusing. And what I mean by sleep pressure is they're not tired enough for it. Very often I see parents giving their 11 or 12 month old the same nap schedule that they had when they were eight months old. So they're doing maybe two and a half to three hours of awake time leading up to naps. That's great for an eight month old on a two nap schedule, but that's not enough sleep pressure for an 11 month old on a two nap schedule. So normally at 11 months, we need to increase those wake windows a little bit. Normally at 11 months, I offer three hours of awake time before that first nap probably even three and a half leading up to the second nap and three and a half leading up to bedtime. I also often cap the first nap of the day at an hour for an 11 month old. If I see that child starting to refuse their second nap, if an 11 month old is having a two hour nap in the morning and then only a few hours of awake time before their second nap, I can almost guarantee that child is going to refuse their second nap because they weren't tired enough for it. So instead we shorten the first nap a little bit We still get some rest in the morning, but we shorten it to around an hour. We give about three and a half hours of awake time before that second nap. And then you're likely to see your child go down much more easily for that second nap and stay on a great age appropriate two nap schedule a little longer. Last question for today. My little one is going to daycare when she's 12 months old. She's just 11 months now. She takes two naps per day right now, but at daycare, they only offer one nap. Do you have tips on how to manage this and how do I prepare her for this? So a lot of daycares only offer one nap a day, even if your child's only around 12 months. And I totally understand why daycares do this. It's way easier to manage all the different children if they're all on the same nap schedule than if you have five different children on three different nap schedules. I get it for sure. But as I just mentioned in the previous question, a lot of children are not ready for a one nap schedule at 12 months of age, and it can take some time for them to adjust if they do have to go down to one nap at that age. So in answer to the question on how to manage this, on how to manage this child just having one nap per day at 12 months when she clearly does well with two naps is a six o'clock bedtime. If this parent can manage it, if it's feasible for the family, I absolutely suggest that that 12 month old who is on one nap a day at daycare be put to bed at six o'clock every single night for a few months. 
until they are closer to about 16 months and can probably handle a bedtime of closer to 7 p.m. with that one nap schedule. Until then, they're going to be super, super tired by 6 p.m. and we don't want to be stretching them further than that and making them very overtired because that will often cause difficult bedtimes, overnight wakes, and early morning wake-ups. So early bedtime for the win. Also, you could consider doing two naps on the weekend. If you have a child who does really great with two naps a day, they could do one nap per day at daycare from Monday to Friday, and then you could try to sort of catch up on sleep on the weekends with two naps on Saturdays and Sundays if your child will go for that. The other part of this question was how do I prep her for this? So I wouldn't. If my child was around 16, 17 months and still taking two naps a day, and we were getting ready to start daycare in a few weeks, then I would probably do that gradual transition to the one nap schedule that I mentioned earlier in this episode of the podcast, where we talked about just gradually increasing the morning wake window by half an hour or so every few days until we get to the middle of the day. And now before the child starts daycare, we've already got the child adjusted to a noon nap every day. However, if a child has to go to daycare that only offers one nap a day long before that 16 to 18 month mark, like around 12 months of age, I recommend you just let daycare make the transition. Don't change your child's schedule to a one nap schedule any earlier than you have to if they are only 12 months. Because again, your child does well. This parent's child does well with a two nap schedule. So let's keep her on that schedule, that amazing age appropriate schedule that she does so well with as long as we can and let daycare make the transition to one nap when she starts daycare. Daycare will probably also have an easier time with it because your child will be so distracted at daycare. There's going to be so much going on, new faces, new kids, new adults, new toys, very distracting, very stimulating. Your child will probably be less likely to notice how tired she is until daycare says, okay, it's time for nap after lunchtime right around noon. Whereas at home, if you try to prep your child for this by getting her on a one nap schedule in advance of her going to daycare, in advance of 12 months of age, you're probably going to have a really tough time with it because it's just you and your kiddo at home. She is tired. She is cranky. She wants to fall asleep on the play mat at 10 o'clock in the morning and you're trying to stretch her to noon. It's going to be more of a struggle. Again, if your child's that young and you know she's going to have to go to one nap at daycare, I would just let daycare do it. Let daycare take care of it. They've done this a million times. Don't stress, your child will adjust, but an early bedtime will definitely help. That's a wrap up of the week's questions. I hope everyone is out enjoying the beautiful weather and just getting into this gorgeous summer season that we are entering and enjoying time with your babes outside in the fresh air. I know we didn't talk about this today, but I just always like to end episodes at this time of year with reminding you how important it is to get outside and allow yourself some on-the-go naps. I know I'm a sleep consultant. I know I harp on you about sleep all the time and how important it is for your baby's development, and it absolutely is. But getting outside, being with your friends and your family, getting fresh air is so important too, and just having a life and letting yourself go a little bit and making sure that you find that balance in getting your baby that great sleep, but not tying yourself to the house all these beautiful summer months when you want to be enjoying time with others and letting some on-the-go naps happen, some naps at other people's houses happen so that you are getting that great balance of amazing rest for your babe, but 
social time for you as a parent because that is so important to you and to your little one as well. We are more patient, present parents when we are rested, but also when we feel like us and we feel like adults and we get that time. So find that balance. Enjoy your week. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company, and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.